Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, save the queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. It is Royal Ascot Week. Royal Ascot is happening, but the royal family are not there. I'm not there. Russell is not there. I'm your host, Anne Gripper. I've dressed up for Ascot, styled at home. I'm wearing a fascinator. It's not big enough to get me into the royal enclosure, I don't think. Have to have a, I think it's a substantial fascinator or hat, or hat is what is required for in there. But mine's just a little bit of pink budgie is, is what my grand would have called it but i'm delighted to be joined again by my good friend and colleague daily mirror royal editor russell myers even if he is wearing a t-shirt which he claims to have <laughs> iron for the somewhat, occasion but it looks somewhat creased to be honest already no it's not if ironed it just for the occasion i okay. promised you i would it's- yeah just slouching to start. And I do look like I've got some sort of top hat on with how long my hair is. It's getting outrageously uh, long. Although the producer Dan was giving me a very nice compliment on it earlier. So, uh, you know. I think you've just uh, made it worse. You've just been fluffing it up. It's the humidity. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely that's what it is. Um, I mean, Royal Ascot is a big deal for the royal royal family you were there last year it's, i've never been oh, have i been i've been once it's a quite oh a great, yeah oh a grand god it's, and how it's different great. is it now like well this week i mean it couldn't be more different could it it's uh there's no spectators no royals certainly no royal procession because they're not there there's uh a very 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 different atmosphere um hats off to itv they were doing a marvelous job on the first day uh yesterday they were I mean, it's it, everything's gone ahead in terms of the racing, uh, but it's just a very, very different occasion. It's normally one of the the highlights of the you know the British sporting calendar, and um, and of course there's a, there's nobody there to enjoy the action apart from people who are watching on TV, including I am told Her Majesty the Queen, who has been uh, tuning in all day yesterday and will be certainly tuning in today because she's got two runners uh, this afternoon. So. Um, she, uh, yeah, she's going to be an avid watcher, I was told, during the week. So, uh, yeah, we, so we know what the Queen's up to at Windsor Castle. And we won't give you any betting tips on whether the Queen's horses this afternoon might be winners or not, partly because um, we have got no idea about actual racing and partly because the podcast will not be out until tomorrow. So we'll however, know. However, she is hoping her horse punctuation will run in the 4.10 race at Ascot on on Friday in the Queen's Files Trophy. So, uh, check out that, that yeah. Well, we're on, we on BST, British Summertime, 4.10. You can, uh, you can watch it. I'm sure it'll be uh, live on the, on, a, on a, we're, we're covering it online. And so you might put a bet on. 
people have their various different theories about what they choose to bet on. Some people like to bet on the grey. Some people like to bet on based on a name. And, you know, you might as well bet based on it belonging to the Queen. So why not? Well, um, in order just about the Queen, one of the big uh, betting um, sort of programmes of the event is betting what colour the Queen's hat will be. And obviously she is there for all five days of the festival. Um, and the bookies have an absolute field day with this for the Royal Procession every day of what colour the Queen will be wearing. Um, and obviously there's no such uh, no such thing this year. So there's an awful lot of difference with the festival, but um, hats off to everyone who got it ahead. The, uh, the Queen was talking about it yesterday, talking about how how amazing it was for, for it to have all come to a head and saying that, um, you know, paying tribute to all the people that made it a reality. Yeah, a message as she always does for the for the race cards and programmes. And fair play to Mike Tyndall and Zara, who have done what I've done and got dressed up at home. That's and, the spirit. Uh, exactly. I mean, Russell with your irons t-shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they, you know, they looked um they looked very dapper in their in their lovely picture. Interesting colour choice for Zara with the blue and the blue and the black, but I think it works. I think it works. So anyway, they were entering into the spirit of it and there is if you are interested in royal ascot fashion and there is plenty still kicking around on instagram as people share their pictures of their outfits that are are too good to keep hidden from the world and i will be i'll be posting mine so you know there we go normally i, I do the pink nails as well but i've not i've not had time or half energy fast, to do that fast effort i'm afraid Anne. I've put heels on and everything russell <laughs> <laughs> well you haven't seen my heels i'm wearing them well, <laughs> to that to that point, there is a message from a listener. Let me just see if I can find it. Who says? Um, Lee asks for pictures of the new barbecue. Just yeah, to make sure that. that it was actually built. I can do that. We had a barbecue at the weekend just before the torrential downpour. Like Whether... Then it looked like it was all about to explode. It was it was obviously on fire because it's a barbecue, but then it was steaming like no tomorrow. It was, okay. uh, it, was it was nearly a disaster. But I will do that. I will post a picture of the of said barbecue. So there is some more jollity of Royal Ascot to come. But we've actually had quite a lot of. It feels like things have changed in the last week. Things have been changing for. Um, People generally, kids going back to school, people going back to work a bit more, that kind of thing, but also changes for the royal family. So the first kind of big milestone was the Queen's first video call being, well, certainly the first one that was made public in a, um, in a video for carers. And then we had the mini Trooping the Colour at Windsor Castle, which, uh, which was, you know, it was very... It was interesting. It, it was it was a nice setting for it. Horse Guards is obviously very grand, but Windsor Castle isn't bad as a backup, really. And without you know overloading on the weather references, it looked amazing. And I often pray for these moments that are you know in good weather. As I'm looking out the the window and it's thunderstorms and lightning outside, but it looked incredible. And I really do think when we do things like this. It, we are the envy of the world and anyone watching that whether it was live coverage or the pictures of the queen watching uh this sort of the soldiers marching it was um it was a really really grand occasion and and obviously the setting of the quadrangle in um in winter castle is is just incredible 
So it's the Welsh Guards that got to parade this year in this very unique circumstances. And shout out to Rianne Morgan, who became the first female guardsman to take part in the ceremony. And there was only two women in the foot guards at all. So I thought that was very interesting. So the Welsh Guards is the Prince of Wales, who is Colonel of the Welsh Guards, logically. So he obviously wasn't there, and you didn't have the grand family get together on the balcony. Uh, but there was some. There was a nice little moment that some people have spotted of some of the Windsor Castle staff leaning out of the window to take part, which was quite cute. So a very different sort of balcony moment for people this year. I was hoping that we'd get a glimpse of uh, Duke of Edinburgh poking his head from. Uh, beneath the curtains or something, <clears throat> uh, in between the curtains, but uh, no such luck. I mean, I don't think he he, he was even uh, watching it. We were told that um, he wasn't going to make a special effort. But when you're 99, I suppose you can do what you like. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, Princess Piffler said there was a personalised distance mini treating and it was great so even just you know the guards didn't have that long to rehearse for it they're marching at a different distance to how they would normally be marching on grass rather than on the parade grounds but it all looked rather fabulous indeed um so the the queen did have a, a joint engagement to a certain extent on that zoom call with Princess historic Anne historic well. engagement yeah well this was nice i think you know in the lockdown period all throughout coronavirus we are talking about moments of history not only in um society or politics but the royals have um have done their bit i think we can't complain they have definitely been getting out there on the zoom calls and um you know the cambridges have been leading the way the sussexes have been doing a little bit from across the pond uh charles and camilla have been, been keeping keep active and it seemed yeah and it was nice to see that the queen wanted part of the action and, and indeed held her first ever video call Praising, uh, praising the extraordinary, in her words, uh, carers across the nation for Carers Week. Now, this was, as you said, uh, a virtual royal engagement, which we've become sort of accustomed to now, haven't we? But um, she was doing it with uh, with Princess Anne, basically just celebrating the work of seven million carers. Can you believe it? In the UK, who who often do. Um, uh, a job that is um well is is completely unpaid for friends or family or, or you know a frail or disabled loved one um and it was just nice in this moment of carers week which uh, it could have fallen by the wayside and i think it got a lot more attention because of the roars were, were were actively promoting it yeah. and you know at the end of the crisis thinking about people who are not only on the front line in the national health service but people who are really struggling day to day as well so um so hats off to all of all of them it was nice to see the queen and princess Anne doing it together they i can't remember whose birthday it was for but we think back to those pictures of the two of them together that were, were released a while back and that connection that they have between them the queen's only daughter um who has been an absolute servant to her really during her reign in the best possible way in in helping further the queen's the queen's work really and being an extension of what what she does but I also just thought actually it's quite sensible to have two of them on that call for those listeners who've caught up with the uh, body language episode that we did with Judy James when we talked about kind of the the amount of energy and that things are different on a video call compared to being in person and I think it's much more strangely probably is much more natural for Princess Anne to be able to engage 
in the conversation and make the meeting happen while the queen can listen a bit and then intervene in her more traditional more traditional fashion rather than being part of the hurly-burly yeah and it was quite sweet actually because she was she was saying that she was interested very interested to hear their their individual tales and stories um and and finished by saying you know i'm i'm, I'm hugely impressed by, by what you've managed to achieve and i think that that is the sentiment isn't it that a lot of the carers certainly the ones that some of the ones that she was speaking to um find themselves not even knowing their carers from a very young age um and it and it's often thankless and completely selfless work and these are children who in their you know looking after their mum or dad or grandmother who lives in the house or you know family members who have certain issues um and and they can sort of fall through the cracks of society so it's a it is a really important message it, there are an awful lot of uh, people doing these selfless acts every single day and it's um and it's completely right as the queen said that that we should celebrate their achievements Obviously, the, the carers that are getting probably the most attention at the moment are the professional carers of the NHS and the, the, everyone who is uh, supporting the, our country and you know, countries around the world as well in getting through these unprecedented and unusual and uncertain times. And um, you have found out that there is um, a plan being kind of put together that they would like to be celebrated with a special garden party. Absolutely, yes. So we we exclusively revealed Newsflash um, on Saturday that there are plans sort of on a local level throughout the country that we've been, I've been speaking to, to certain people at local councils and local charities and there's definitely a bit of a buzz going uh, across the country right now um, and hopefully this will pick up into a movement to make this a reality. Essentially local groups are getting together or going to be asked to submit names to forward to attend a Buckingham Palace garden party. Now, these people would be dubbed sort of local heroes, whether that's your frontline NHS workers, your postman that you see every day, and maybe that you're now speaking to more than ever because you are home and he's dropping off all your parcels, uh, your delivery drivers dropping off your food supplies, the people who are stocking the shelves, um, you know, or it might be just a local hero that has been around and has been delivering food or supplies to your elderly neighbours. So anyone that you deem a local hero, this is a sort of campaign really at the grassroots, trying to get off the ground of uh, certain organisations around the country. Now, the how this would work is it would sort of be put forward as several different proposals or one big proposal that's what they're trying to work out at the moment um through central government from a local level then it goes to the palace and then they will decide whether they think it's appropriate to hold one of the garden parties obviously we know by now that the three garden parties were cancelled this year normally about thirty thousand people from all walks of life all different charities to be celebrated uh can go to these parties but because of the coronavirus they have um crisis they have been postponed till next year so what's this space there could be an extra one and i really do think i'm speaking to a lot of people on the grass grassroots local levels the charities they think it would be a fantastic way to honor these local heroes moving forward but obviously there will be an awful lot of uh, interest in the tickets and um, as one person saying to me, they think it will sort of take shape in the in the in the guise of um, 
how the the Queen's Diamond Jubilee happened. We, you know, when they had uh, they had two hundred and forty tickets to every pair uh, of applications. So I think it will be a very very hot ticket indeed if you can get if you can get your hands on one. And it isn't just the Queen that has kind of taken a new leap. We have seen actual royals. Well, not you and me, but we have seen actual royals in the flesh seeing people, not pressing the flesh. But um, we've seen Charles and Camilla socially distanced. Namaste is back. It okay. is. The green shoots of recovery are on, upon us. And um, obviously it was a hospital that they visited first. Yeah, I mean, this was two engagements yesterday. Uh, Charles and Camilla out in Gloucestershire near their Highgrove home, thanking um, NHS workers who have been on the front line. Uh, and it was right that, that I think that that was the first engagement of the royals we've we've obviously heard of them lending their support to 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 various sections of the nhs or whether it's um you know frontline uh, workers the, the the porters all the people who are keeping the nhs going air ambulance obviously william spoke about that in the past um but charles and camilla were at an actual hospital meeting meeting actual who have um, who have been working tirelessly over the last few months but uh, i mean if you've if you've seen the video or the um, or, the, or the images from yesterday, it is, it is still a bit weird. And you think, gosh, this is a sort of real view into what the future is going to be like. Certainly for the next few months, I would imagine that there, it will be socially distanced. There won't be any of this sort of real close interaction. Um, and it will have to be very, very staged like that. I don't think we're going to get too many um, impromptu moments, unfortunately. But, um, but, you know, from the from, from from what they were saying is it is Britain at its best, um, uh, and it was and it was right that they uh, that they did that, uh, and and there, and there was a, and there were some captures cameras there yesterday to capture some sweet moments. Was certainly Camilla saying that she'd managed to see her grandchildren for the first time, not hug them, but at least see them, and I think that a lot that will resonate with a lot of people as we are slowly slowly moving back into some form of normality. And Prince Charles, obviously, who was poorly with coronavirus fairly early on through it all, he says he's still not got his sense of taste and smell back. I know, that's amazing. I mean, the, to be honest, you, I, you remember how big that was. As, um, my, my wife sort of um, still laughs about it now. I came bursting through the kitchen door and she was on a conference call with work. And, um, and, I, was, and I sort of exclaimed, Prince Charles has coronavirus. And I think... It was right at the beginning, and certainly for me, I felt that this could have, you know, could have had huge, huge implications. Nobody knew how ill he was. We were, we were being told that he hadn't been hospitalised, but certainly, you know, there'd been loads of cases that people had mild symptoms, then developed, or then had to go into. Well, look at Boris Johnson. I mean, the, the Prime Minister. He was, um, he looked fairly poorly, and then, in, you know, a few days later, he was in intensive care, fighting for his life. So. And obviously, Charles is 71, so uh, I think there was an awful lot of panic, um, even though the palace you know, did their best to sort of quell down the, the, the hysteria that felt by in certain quarters. But um, it, was, it was a very, very serious situation. And it, and it just shows you how many other people are still struggling. If he's, if he's had mild symptoms and still hasn't got his sense of taste and smell back, then um, unfortunately for, for a lot of people that who, who have been either hospitalised or, or made seriously ill, um, they, they, they face a sort of an uncertain future for the next few, uh, for the next few months, unfortunately. 
But they looked, they looked in good heart and good spirits and lots of smiles going on when they were catching up with people, which was good to see. And um, Prince William also made a visit to the ambulance service in Kings Lynn, which is near his Anne Hall home in Norfolk. So similarly... And- he said that he said the, the thing he was most looking forward to was getting to the pub and having a pint, which I thought was quite funny. He's obviously been under lockdown with his kids for, for too long. Um, you know, the baking, which he was talking about, isn't quite cutting it anymore. I think it's a <laughs> stiff, a stiff drink after all the homeschooling. But William's very good on these sort of um, you know engagements. He's obviously very, very personal. We look personable. We know that. Uh, and I think that just brought a bit of a human element to it. We are all looking forward to the pubs reopening. And even if it isn't the pubs, it's the restaurant. It's just being able to go and see more than a handful of your friends uh, and get back to some some sort of normality. Um, but yeah, I think that this is something we're going to be seeing a bit more of. We're going to seeing them out and about again. I think that the Cambridges are definitely going to stay in Norfolk for the time being. They're not going to be rushing rushing back down to London. Obviously, there was the case of, uh, of whether they would send Charlotte back to school, uh, which seems to have come and gone. Um, you know, the Palace arguing whether that's a, pr- a private matter. Um, I think a lot of people will be, would be very, very interested in it anyway, because if they're not sending their kids back to school, then is it one rule for them, another for us? I don't know. It, it, it's a, it depends which side of the coin you fall on, doesn't it? I mean, there's the one aspect of why should they up, you know, uproot all the children for, for the benefit of one of them who's only going back to school. And then there's obviously an awful lot of uh, issues about certain kids going back to school as well. Anyway, I reckon we're going to definitely see them uh, knocking about um, Norfolk, doing things in the local community, such as William did yesterday. But Charles and Camilla are, um, are probably even, uh, they were on their way back down yesterday um, or preparing to come back down. So they will be in London certainly today, Thursday, because we're going out on Thursday. And today they will be um, hosting Emmanuel Macron, the French president and, uh, and the first lady, uh, which is, again, another major sort of stepping stone in royal engagements and um, and getting back to some some sort of uh, normality with the royals, and even political engagements as well. So I think it's first probably first foreign leader visit we've had since. Well, me and your hubby on. were uh, doing a bit of collaboration last, I last know. week. We on multiple occasions. I, I mean, I could get jealous, Russell, if you're talking to him more than you're talking to me. <laughs> we'll live. No, we'll live. Um, there's good news, only one place. <laughs> one uh, one. Um, thing that Prince William does have to look forward to for a few hours at least while recording he might be miserable as sin and wishing football had never come back at all by the time this goes out is that Aston Villa are kicking off the return of the Premier League with Sheffield United at six o'clock tonight big news big new battle for relegation because I'm a West Ham fan and they're doing equally as bad so it's going to be I mean I've been looking at the run-in I think it's 50-50 whether my team or Wills' team are relegated. Is it between the two of you? Well, there's probably about six teams that are all in as bad bad a situation as each other. Um, I wouldn't like to call it at the moment. I think I looked at his run in the games because my neighbour is also an Aston Villa fan and and it it doesn't look good for the Duke, I'm afraid. Oh dear. Our big boss at work as well, he's he's also an Aston Villa fan. Yeah, yeah. 
Misery, misery to come. But I think it's fair to say that who wanted the Premier League season to come back versus who wanted it to just stop with the uh, with the positions as they are, that's fine, was basically defined by who was in the relegation zone and who yes, was. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah, the, the people who stood to lo- lose like 300 million and uh, all their fans being absolutely devastated didn't, didn't want the, the, the season to start back up. Um, but William was having a bit of a joke with uh, the Arsenal players. Arsenal, you know, pretty good team in the Premier League. If you follow your football, but they were speaking about during the week last last week about heads up. Uh, you know, the, the FA Cup coming back, their heads together program. All speaking about mental health and uh, mental health awareness in the game of football. And, uh, and uh, William was obviously being teased because. Um, his team were beaten in the final not so long ago, even last year. But uh, he was obviously saying that this, William was saying that the um, the football coming back will, will hopefully bring, bring a much lead needed boost to the nation. And I think he's probably quite right because, again, it's sort of like the green shoots of recovery, isn't it? The If, if, if sport is getting back, um, then it gives another focus to maybe latch on to, even though the spectators and the fans all, all, all won't be there. Um, it's slowly, slowly getting back to to some sort of normality, as I keep saying. But it's um, you know whether the Royals are going, whether we're going back to work, the Royals are going back to work, or sport going back to work. Hopefully, we're, we're all moving in the right direction. One um, comment on our Instagram that I just wanted to answer was Sarah Connor asked whether people in are wearing face masks in the UK, having seen that you know Charles and Camilla aren't wearing face masks when they're out at their at their event. And I think it's basically sort of discretionary to a certain extent like if you're on public transport then you're meant to wear a face mask you quite often see people in supermarkets or round and about might wear face masks or gloves sometimes but most people don't where i am i wear one in the supermarket um but i mean so you've got to work you've got to have them if you're getting public transport now they've made that compulsory uh if you get an uber now you've got to have one but i was you know i think this two meter rule is you know you, if you're if you're only talking to someone for a, a short period of time i mean I, d- I don't think that's most people wearing them certainly people aren't people aren't necessarily walking around the streets wearing them although i mean quite often people are wearing them like on their foreheads around their necks which i think <laughs> is like slightly uh, reducing the point of it but it's it, it is that um it's it's not you a usual thing here and i think it's something that people are sort of getting used to and it's also that mindset of is it to protect you from getting it or is it to prevent you from spreading it if you potentially have it but i'm a terrible one for rubbing my eyes when i'm out in public oh, I am, yeah, if, if i ever yeah, get coronavirus yeah, it will have been yeah. in through the eyes just like yeah. all of those your own fault. horror yeah. movies well it's interesting to see how, how what habits you get into and you do actually catch yourself doing it and even when if you are wearing a mask like i would be to the shops then you you do realize how and your phone as well you don't realize how much of you know, fidgeting fidgeting which i am renowned for as you, as you yes know. i should just comment that russell has basically been rubbing his face throughout the whole <laughs> the whole bit that he was just saying um so kate is is also back on the scene again tomorrow yeah. slash today by the time you hear this listeners yes um my word did you hear the thunder i did hear the thunder that's yeah. actual live weather in I the know, podcast. live that weather is, report. That it is, is a record. absolutely bucketing it down here. It's actually quite nice. We're in the middle of a thunderstorm. Uh, I digress. Yes, Kate is out and about. She's, or not out and about, but she has recorded a video message, which is um, part of an online 
assembly for school children to promote kindness and children's well-being. Now, this is, again, on the sort of mental health awareness tip, um, but she she dialed into an online assembly with something called the Oak National Academy. Now, this was sort of created out of lockdown, and obviously millions of children have been at home, being homeschooled by their very stressed parents, and this... Um, organization was basically set up out of something called the mentally health schools platform and it aims to every thursday get kids together to be able to log in and have you know sort of uh, i mean what what would you class an assembly as it was always sort of a a thought-provoking moment at my school that there would be a discussion of some sort whether it was one of the pupils or somebody came in or the headmaster would would stand up and make uh, or open up a discussion, and I think that's what Kate is doing. She's asking some of the kids, um, you know, how they feel, how they felt in lockdown, what things are important to them. I think we found an awful lot of things have been important to us, which we which we probably neglected, whether that's family or friends or seeing our loved ones or actually just social interaction, because you know these are a lot of kids that have been left behind sadly um and whether that's from homeschooling or just seeing their mates and and i think that was nice of kate to recognize that that kids are struggling and sometimes they just need a little bit of an arm around them and to talk about kindness and talk about the the things that really really matter to to them and their families kindness is obviously the theme of mental health awareness week this year and i just also thought that the kids really simple definitions because she asked them you know what does what does being kind mean and just you know sometimes when kids come out with stuff you're just like actually it is really really simple and it's the first one's just like you know treating other people like you want to be treated and then sharing that's kind that's a kind thing and it's just like okay that is really quite simple and if we can all do that then the world would be a slightly better place well hopefully i mean i think some of our lives certainly have been become more simplistic because you're you're, you're in the same place, aren't you? you? You you're doing you can't go as many places. You haven't you can't make as many plans. So you have to actually simplify or make it make an effort to 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 section your diary that you're going to speak to people at certain times. You can't just then have plans that you uh, that you can make. So your life does become more simplified. So personally speaking hopefully that will that will be a good thing because it's made us realize what what is important and i, I like hearing from those children because they they do simplify it and they do make you think of you know it's 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 the small things that will you know help you along along your way so the royals are definitely keeping us busy at the moment um there's a little bit of you know still chatter going on around the prince andrew situation yes yeah i mean this is further reports i mean how many other many more times can we say that this is the issue that definitely isn't going away um and there's there's big pressure isn't there we've we've spoken in last week about the department of justice then putting the pressure on andrew them uh, applying to the home office for this mla this mutual legal assistance that they've requested in order to try and make him or force his hand in, in, in making some sort of a, of, of a statement and whether that is 
on the record or whether it's just a chat to cooperate is the language that uh, Andrew and his team keep using. Um, and, and obviously there's this Mexican standoff, a war of words has de de developed uh, between the two sides that is continuing to rumble. Uh, Andrew, for, yeah, for, for his part, has obviously said that he's he's completely innocent of, uh, of any charges or allegations that have been labelled against him uh, to do with his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and, and the, and the uh, individuals involved in, in any of those cases. However, um, it appears that Andrew, after saying that he has offered to cooperate no less than three times this year, that um, him and his team are very, very aggrieved of the way that the Department of Justice and the US State Prosecutor Jeffrey Berman are handling the case. Um, and it seems as though that he now wants an olive branch um, in order to actually cooperate with them any further. Um, you know, sources that I've been speaking to close to his legal team had certainly said that they were absolutely bewildered um, of the uh, the pattern of behaviour that the, the uh, US state prosecutors were taking, that they believed that they were just using Andrew as part of this theatre because, um, I mean, it's a fact that they've had several investigations over a period of like 16 years to do with Jeffrey Epstein and, um, and they really hadn't nailed him or, or, or his associates for, for all the allegations that have been labelled at the uh, at Epstein and his um, and individuals around his circle. Um, and another thing that Andrew is, is, is also saying that if, if things don't improve, if it doesn't get more cordial or professional, because the state prosecutors are actually, um, you know, not paying a straight bat is the word that they kept using last week. And if that doesn't happen now that they will just refuse to cooperate and it'll be very very interesting to see if the department of justice or the home office do actually or can actually force andrew to make a statement um or cooperate with the investigation because if they don't then he just might sort of disappear into the background and, and obviously this is a cloud that will hang over the royal family for well until it's solved and and that doesn't look like it's going to be there anytime soon does it for those of you that are particularly interested in the Prince Andrew situation, I have done an interview with Nigel Cawthorn, who is the writer of the new book, um, Andrew Epstein and the Palace. So look out for that one. We'll be releasing that as just a little bonus episode uh, in a couple of days time. So slightly different perspective and a bit more sort of background about who Prince Andrew is, I guess. Absolutely. Just on Andrew as well, though, just what, you know, on, um, I think that there is certain pressure building in certain quarters and, and you know, for all the palace will say that this is a, a private issue now, um, it's, uh, it's obviously a big, big distraction and now they're actually trying to get back to work. Um, so I think that, and things potentially getting back to normal, it's been a, a good you know, dare I say, a good period for, for the Royals. I think they've really adapted very well. They've shown that they, as the Queen has always said, they do need to be seen to be believed and and, and, and certainly the Cambridges and um, and uh, Charles and Camilla and the Queen arguably and, and Sophie have, have really done, done, done that well. Um, now there were reports of the weekend that, that Andrew is you know finally saying that he was sorry that he didn't didn't um, apologise or certainly um, be more contrite in his uh, in his actions to to the victims of Epstein, and I think that that will go some way. But um, 
certainly Virginia Roberts Gaffray was was tweeting during the week that she called him a toad, and um, you know maybe in, he obviously he should have done this many months ago. He should have done it right in the first instance, arguably when he had the uh, the opportunity to do so in the Newsnight interview. I mean, he was gifted it by Emily Maitlis and still didn't do it. He was. We all know what happened then, but. Um, you know, is that what they're looking for? Do do certain quarters want a public apology on record for him to, for, you know, that he should have made in the first instance? So the the pressure isn't going away. The heat is still on, and it's coming from from all angles at the moment. Thinking about sort of more political matters, there was a I don't know. The, did you see the, um, the palace and the coup? So it was called The Queen and the Coup um, on Channel 4 this week. It was a documentary. I've not actually seen it, but I just thought that the uh, just a particularly interesting detail about how much language can matter. And there was a telegram sent by the Prime Minister from Queen, so from Anthony Eden, from Queen Elizabeth, basically saying to the Shah to stay in Iran. But the problem was the Queen Elizabeth wasn't Queen Elizabeth the person, it was Queen Elizabeth the ship. <laughs> And that caused all kinds of just <laughs> ripples. Yeah, well, this is... <laughs> the Queen and the coup. Words matter. Words do matter. So um, it has been kind of an, an evolving picture day to day in terms of what the royals are up to. Do we know anything else in particular that is on the horizon or are we just mm. waiting to be surprised? Nothing that I can reveal, I'm afraid. You'll have to tune in Teasing. next week. <laughs> Teasing. Um, he clearly knows stuff and he just can't tell us. There will, be more, there will be more to come on, uh, on Kate's. Uh, job that she is uh, that she is doing with the um, the kids over the the national assembly thing. Yep. Um, um, I just think yeah that would be interesting. I, like I said, I think you know it doesn't take a brain surgeon at the moment, and I am certainly not one about <laughs> that. We are going to see the Cambridges out and about in Norfolk. I think reading between the lines they're definitely going to stay there for a bit longer i can't see them coming uh back to london anytime soon because why would they it'll probably be summer holidays soon enough and that's their home so they're gonna you know they're gonna try and keep some sort of uh, continuity uh by living um in norfolk um, and hopefully we'll see we will see them out and about in the in the local community such as we did with with william and the uh the ambulance folk do you think the royal family will take a summer holiday like they usually do? Because obviously they normally sort of disappear from public view. They're not doing engagements for quite a few weeks over the course of the summer. The Queen's usually up at Balmoral and the family go and visit and what have you, but they also just sort of take a break and have some time to themselves or... Yeah, or I mean, yeah, I, I, th I don't think the Queen is going to leave Windsor Castle for, for several months. I, I cannot see that happening. I mean... Um, potentially, you you'll see if if the, let's say if the Cambridges did stay in Norfolk for over, over the whole summer, uh, then they may do things to try and um, you know spur on the the local economy that sort of thing. But um, whether that's getting about out and about amongst the locals, because I think the locals want to see them. They will have been there for gosh, if if they're all there throughout the summer, they will have been there for sort of six months. Um, so one would expect that they do do that. I, th I think that there's going to be an awful lot of pressure uh, on on them to try and keep the the, the pace up because um, not only have 
certain charities benefited from their involvement over the coronavirus crisis. Well, there's going to be an awful lot of other organisations that, that need their help, whether that's to do with the economy, whether that's to do with kids who are have been off school for so, so many months that their kids' clubs, you know, the sort of mar- marginal sections of society of people who are potentially going to fall through the cracks after we take the the focus off the main crisis um so so hopefully i don't think any, nothing's traditional anymore is it there's all bets are off so um yeah ho- hopefully they won't sort of disappear because i think that would be a real big shame i think yeah and i think it feels like at this time you almost need that thread of continuity somehow as we all just try to get from week to week to week until we come out to at the other end of this of this crazy time where we've spent far too much time on Zoom. Although, obviously, time with you is never wasted, Russell. So absolutely. Thank you. you. Well, absolutely. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us. We will, um, we will keep you up to date with the latest on the Royals, wherever they are up to. You can subscribe to our show on Apple, on global player and anywhere else you may get your podcasts and we love it when you leave us a review as well particularly when they're nice ones and you can choose to comment on russell's hair or not it's totally fine <laughs> it, it's it be, it's kind to be kind remember that all right it is kind to be kind. <laughs> it is kind to be kind absolutely right so you could tell your wife it might be kind if she got the clippers out no we're having fun <laughs> <laughs> see how long we can go Oh, goodness. Imagine if I come out of this looking like Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That's a thought. On that bombshell. (laughs) And on that bombshell. (laughs) Lockdown ambitions. Anyway, listeners, wherever you are, we hope you are making progress through these unusual times and feeling like you're getting towards the other side by hook or by crook. But mainly we hope you are staying safe and staying well and can take away a little bit of being kind russell has schooled me i shall be try to remember that i must be kind so anyway until next time Pods and the queen. <laughs> <laughs>